from Rixie. This is Frameform. Hello, hello. It's Hannah here. How are you doing? You know, on Frameform, we like to take a moment from our roundtables and move the spotlight to creators, educators, and people who are out there making work happen in the dance film field. Well, today, we got that kind of something for you. Project Home is a creative homegrown project building community and connectivity worldwide through movement, filmmaking, education, and big ideas. Longtime friends and collaborators Larkin Poynton and Chris Martin started this community back in 2010 and have been expanding their creative boundaries ever since. From stage to screen, Larkin and Chris have been developing a fresh perspective on dance education and filmmaking. In today's conversation, Jen sits down with Project Home, discussing their film experience in Iceland, the Project Homework series, and staying true to who you are. Enjoy the show. I'm going to give you a little clap. Yes, we'll definitely do that. I am two clapping. Chris two, Jen three. Sounds good. (laughs) Sounds good, camera rolling. (laughs) I'm keeping all that in. All right. Thank you so much, Larkin and Chris, for being here. This is a big check mark on our list of people that we've wanted to have on the show since season one. So thank you so much for making the time to chat with us today. Um, You're always so busy doing so many great things in the dance and film and culture space. And it's just awesome to be able to kind of learn more about what that is like behind the scenes and you two and your collaboration. So today we are going to talk about different projects that you've done. Um, Not to quote your own website to you, but I'm going to quote your own website to you for our listeners, uh, where you say, from dance films, music videos, to moving performances, Project Home produces projects that build community and connectivity. No matter the medium, Project Home is our name and collaboration is our game. And I think, you know, some people write these aspirational website copy And that's nice, but it's really great to see a company that really lives it out and embodies that. So before we talk about those specific projects, we'd like to hear more about you two homemakers and your collaboration. And what is the foundation of this project home? Oh, my gosh, Chris. I would just like to say I like the sound of homemaker. I usually only like hear (laughs) homewrecker as a thing. And I like to be on the other end. (laughs) Homemaker. Cool. I like that. Yeah. I'll bring in, I bring the puns, even though you two seem to have like brainstormed all of them so far. (laughs) I would also like to note that though no one can see this, Chris's closet is color organized. And I think that is absolutely incredible. I would like to make one more note. This is my wife's clothes. She has color coordinated it. And shout out to Vivian Lin. (laughs) (laughs) On a third note, I would like to shout out your wife, Vivian Lin, and say that I see you, and I have also seen and appreciate the home edit. I digress. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, to to answer your question, uh, qu- question to answer <laughs> your question, Jen. Um, the foundation of Project Home is uh, it goes it goes a long way back. Uh, Chris and I have known each other for oh a long time since we were like thirteen, Aww. something like that. And uh, yeah, we started, or Chris started dancing in, in Boulder, Colorado. I started dancing in, in Longmont and then moved my way to Boulder. And um, we've always um, 
not only partaken in the like whether it was the Colorado dance community or the or the international dance community community at large, we've always taken part in that and and always wanted to add to it as well. And I think like um, the first we we started by making like little little videos, little silly videos. Um, I hope none of you find them. And uh, I think one of the first events that we put together was this event called Side by Side, which was a, a benefit concert dance show um, for the the tsunami in Japan. It was a it was a benefit for that. And um, I think like after experiencing that and just kind of I don't know, just loving community, loving bringing people together, and and also loving working with Chris. Like I think um, we work well together. Um, just doing that and just feeling that experience was like, dang, we should keep doing this. And uh, man, I don't know that we've stopped since then. Definitely. Ditto. I agree. <laughs> You're like, <Boom>. no, no <laughs> further comments. Check. Love this man. That's awesome. I love that you've been collaborating since you were teenagers and even making quote unquote bad movies, which I'm sure if you actually watched them, you'd be like, I was a little genius slash no so just me that's just me watching my old material got it (laughs) yeah yeah our material maybe not okay um so when i first heard about project home was actually when i saw your crowdfunding campaign and i remember seeing it like in the i know your eyes just got super wide yeah the i remember seeing the crowdfunding campaign i think probably just through like you know, the work of algorithms and networks and perhaps there were enough people in common or interests or Facebook had figured out like, oh, these are both accounts that like dance film. Let's link them up. Um, You know, so I first saw the aspiration of making this project and shooting it overseas and getting the team together. And I thought that the actual crowdfunding aspect was so well produced that it really built audience faith that, oh, if we take part in this great thing that seems to have like all these, you know, touching on all these layers of production value and purpose and, you know, providing jobs and actually creating something awesome that more people can connect with. I think that that was a good precursor and a good trust builder for people to be like, yeah, I want to put money into this. I want to see this actually happen. So what did you learn from those early days and what even made you think, oh, let's start making a dance film. Let's, let's do this. And crowdfunding is the way to go rather than, you know, other avenues that people take to fund their work. Or maybe you tried those other avenues uh, before you decided to crowdfund. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like we, did you crowdfund block before we went to Iceland? Yeah. So we did, we, we did a, a handful of like, or I, I had done a handful of like crowdfunding projects, um, both arts related and, and like philanthropic kind of adventures too. Um, and it felt like the, I don't know, it felt like the best way to do it. Right. Yeah, definitely. We didn't know anybody who would pay for everything. <laughs> or we didn't, I don't even know if we thought that was an option. No. So we're like, okay, so this is our option. I think that's one of the key phrases there is, someone that would pay for everything. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people are wanting to make that project and thinking who can pay for everything and who is not me that can pay for everything. And of course, like not everyone has the disposable income to make this amazing artistic vision come to life. But I think something that really set 
your proposal apart was the fact that you brought this team together and you were putting everyone else at the forefront and saying like, hey, we want to make this happen. This is a group effort. And planning that that seed of trust that like, it's also going to be really cool because just look at this trailer, <laughs> right? So how did that feel to actually successfully do that and then like be in Iceland with your crew and like amazing cast of dancers? What was that like really living it out and being in Iceland and saying, wow, we're making this happen? There we go. Cool. Um, it was an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Um, that was a, that was an experience. I think immediately... When we got there, we started to realize how like over our heads we were. And we we're like getting into a space where we're shooting and um, providing comfort for a group of people. Um, those first couple of days were tough. And then the rest of the days were also tough. Uh, everything was really tough. <laughs> the whole experience was that was probably one of the hardest things we've ever done. I would I would put it up there. Um Oh my gosh, there was a couple moments. I the first day of shoot, I'm just gonna tell a little story really quick. Go for it. The first day of shoot, this is the first day we're shooting. And thank goodness we had this awesome team there. Um uh nomadic films and um Son of Cloud and like Andrew Ellis and Ben Stamper and Greece and all these people were there who like really knew how to make films and they knew how to scout locations. They knew how to um, schedule things out. We had no idea what a DP was until we got on set. <laughs> and we just didn't know, like, we, we didn't know what we were doing, but we thought we did. And the first day we were shooting, the, um, the, the film team, they brought this really nice, expensive drone that they, you know, we were going to get this incredible footage with. And we were shooting in this cave this beautiful cave uh, which is in the film like there's a fire yeah fire in the like cave. that amazing sequence yeah and, like right in the middle of the film before the cut to like the wave part yes exactly yes and <laughs> um so and i remember letting the film people know i remember being like hey i don't know if we should do this in the cave and they're like no 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 it's fine <laughs> i was like all right you definitely know more than me and uh and the, this huge drone goes in the air and then like immediately just veers directly for the cave wall. And the this, I don't know how expensive the drone was, but it was really nice. And it broke and we lost like a piece that was like a black piece that we needed. And we were on a, like a beach that was all black pebbles. It was absurd. And that was just like, the first bump in the road. And I think like we just kept nailing bumps the whole way through that whole shoot. Um, I, there was, there was also another moment like on in that same location, like maybe a couple days later where I remember like I broke down a little bit and I was like, Chris, what did, what are we doing? Like, are we, can we do this? (laughs) And, uh, oh, this, I mean, this guy's awesome because he's always positive when you need it. And everything is fine. <laughs> everything everything is barking. fine. <laughs> and uh, you're um, like the dog, like the dog meme in the burning kitchen. Yes, this exactly. And uh, uh, we hit every bump imaginable. But but I think like hitting those bumps, whether it was post production or during production, every single step of the that experience like taught us how to take care of our people, how to keep morale up, how to 
choreograph on the spot, how to like adapt, how to film, how to speak with people who are filming and oh, everything. Just it was uh, it was we were in deep for sure. Yeah. In the best way possible. Yeah, I'm not surprised hearing it was such a learning experience with, you know, resembled more of like an off-roading than like a stroll around the block. I mean, you were in this foreign country and had this huge crew and I can imagine the, you know, there's its own stress when it's like, oh, I'm losing so much money on this. But when you're like, I'm losing other people's money on this or other people are not at their house right now, like it, it does add a lot of pressure. And I think that you know, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing all that too, because a lot of people just see the success or they see like the end result and they think, wow, it looks so easy. And isn't that what a lot of artists do is we make things look easy and seamless when they were, you know, it's almost like the more seamless the final product, the harder it was to actually get it to that point. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that all these lessons you learned making this film made you really want to just maybe not make as many films immediately, but kind of take those lessons and say, hey, let's help other people that want to make films. <laughs> and I love that you have your initiative homework. So could you share how making home and other shorter form films and a lot of these um, music videos and collaborations with Sun at Cloud, like how did that evolve into let's now share this knowledge and encourage other people to make work and learn from all the things we've learned along the way as well? Yeah, well, I think um, Black and I have been educators for a long time. We've been traveling and teaching. And naturally, when the pandemic happened, um, we thought, okay, how can we, how can we still like keep our communities going? And how can we um, encourage people to make art and make films? And what is the knowledge that we have that we can share to help people do that in a way that feels good to us and helpful to us. Um, and I think that spawned the idea of homework of uh, kind of expanding the education arm. Because I think Larkin and myself, we've always taught on our own, often together, but it's never been as Project Home. Um, so this was really like us expanding our educational arm of Project Home and also expanding our community. And inevitably, since we love films, film was a part of that and part of a uh, what we were working on, uh, working with people on. It was actually really cool to see because a lot of the people we worked with had never shot films or had never made short films or had never really thought about how to cut things or what kind of cutting techniques you can use or um, or anything like that. And and watching people's work because at the end of every semester of homework when we were doing it um, at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, we would have like a graduation day where we watched everyone's films that they had finished. And we had like a whole graduation ceremony and, and just sitting down and watching everyone's films was so cool because I think like uh, dancers don't often think as cinematographers or as directors. And, but when they do, it's like, Oh, it's incredible. And um, it was so cool to see people's ideas come to fruition and, and uh and, and also like just like their vocabulary expanded and um, and our vocabulary expanded too. Uh, just seeing other people's ideas and thoughts and opinions. It was, it was it was awesome all around. Because it's such a hybrid art form, there's so many different channels that you can learn from. And, you know, your your approach is really let's 
let's take this demographic of dancers that are amazing, talented dancers. And I actually saw a lot of the films in home screen and, you know, was so impressed with like the volume of work that was done and like the international community and the fact that people were taking such creative and narrative risks too. Mm. Um, it was like really such a, a high level of work that came out. So kudos to you as, as educators as well. Um, is being like international and like having this community that extends not just like, you know, not isn't just based in one specific city or one specific country. Is that something that's been really important to you from the start and really inherent um, to just your approach to, to the work? I think it became very, very important just by the nature of our careers. Um, at first, it kind of it started off as like this, whoa, it's super cool luxury. And then as the years pass, you uh, you find communities, you find friends, and then it just becomes essential. And um, yeah, as like as time like carries forward, I think the international community um, it gives so much to us, like so often every day. Um, and yeah, I feel like we just we want to return that favor or have that option there to to return that favor. And I love that you're truly engaging with them too. It's not like there's this pit, there's this meme I saw on Dancer Shade account. It's a picture of Pitbull with like the world in his hand. It says Mr. Worldwide and the meme captions like teaches out of state once, you know, it's like this isn't some superficial uh, we're international and we're, we're doing this big thing. It's like the, the evidence is really there in that like, true engagement with your students. Mm-hmm. Um, so Larkin, can you share more about, you know, homework and this experience? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a couple of things. I think first and foremost, the like the niche community that, that we reside within, um, they don't like that. We've, we noticed that they don't, they make so much content, like so much awesome con, so much awesome film. Um, but they're, they don't often like put it in uh, film festivals or dance film festivals. And, and we kind of tried doing that and we were like, Oh, we should, I think like providing that space and place for, for our community could be really helpful. And I think a lot of people um, resonated with that and felt that it was valuable and, and, and fun and interesting and different for our community. And then kind of like going off of uh, what you asked about homework, I think just like, like Chris said, uh, Chris Chris used the word essential. It has become essential, and I, and I re- I think that is so true. And I I I I think he means essential, at least the way I see it is like to me and who I am and like my life, like the people that we've been able to meet over the past six seven years because of Project Home, because of just teaching and and dancing and and fostering communities around the world whether that be through film or dance is it is essential. And like this, especially over the past, you know, seven, like over the past year, that is, that essentialness is, is felt. You're like, Oh my gosh, those people are missed. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think providing a space like homework where people can have hard conversations, uh, where people can have stupid conversations <laughs> where people can have a good time was, it was so needed for for us and and I think also for the students. Um, and one thing that's been really, really fun as of recent is we just took homework, which was like a live program. It was like through Zoom. Uh, we interacted with the students on a weekly basis and we just created an all online platform. So hoping to like transfer that community 
into like an all online platform as well as like the mentorship program. So um, always just trying to like develop and, and create community in, in the things that we're building. Well, and hopefully some of our Frameform listeners will join that community because some of them might be learning about you for the first time, you know, by listening to this interview and just having their minds blown. But, um, you know, we'll, of course, link in the show notes all about homework and home screens so that, you know, if they want to um, learn more and join Project Home, they can totally do that. Oh, it would be awesome. Is there a particular age group or um professional level or a demographic that I don't want to say that you're targeting, but that you're serving through this primarily. Like I, I work a lot in education, but my heart and my focus is with children and teenagers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, project home, uh, isn't making like films with preschoolers and school age kids, even though that would be super cool as well. Um, it seems that it's more like young emerging professionals. Um, so is there like a particular level that people, uh, quote-unquote level or age that people need to be at to uh, engage with this program? I think all levels are welcome. I remember I just actually did the terms and conditions for our website. And I remember there's one section that was like, you can't target kids under 13. And I was like, okay, that's totally fine. <laughs> but, okay, like, I will, fine. Yep. <laughs> but like, I'll... I'll Wasn't think, planning on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I think we just made this thing for whoever wants to learn it, you know? Yeah. And um, That's awesome. We're, we've been like making courses for anyone and everyone who's interested in learning about what we're teaching about. I think one thing that's helpful is, at least with, we've, we've only put out like one course as of now, which is like an improvisational course, which is all online. And is separate from, uh, like the live the live homework uh, kind of mentorship program. But one thing that I think is helpful is that it's not um, attached to any specific movement language, and like the the improvisational techniques and methods that we are using are you can use them with with any movement movement language that like you have or 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 have in you like foundationally, which is which is fun and makes it interesting to see people take it on in different ways, you know? Yeah. Well, and in a way, the more universal and the more like foundational you're teaching those lessons, the more that people can kind of receive it through their own lens and apply it rather than saying like, yeah. this is the exact formula step-by-step. Step. This is the method. This is, it's not screen dance or dance film, or it's not project home if it doesn't have these ingredients. And that sort of flexibility is actually what encourages true creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. We had someone who was a handstand artist take our mentorship program. It was so cool. Which was so cool. Those are the kind of things that, like, as someone that's receiving applications, like, you just have to savor those moments when they come in. The, the um, organic reaction mm. you have when you're like, this person's a handstand artist. That's just, it makes all the yeah. kind of boring parts of doing the work so worth it. Yeah, totally. I also think, like, experiencing and seeing people who aren't, quote dancers end quote is so rewarding and so nice because I think so often you know in in our little dance world um we're so used to being surrounded by people who are like dance all the time like mm -hmm. all dance all the time and and having those people who who are just normal people or or who are handstand artists or who are whomever they may be um seeing them like receive movement and take it on in their own way is oh, it's so fun and so beautiful. And that's what audiences really want and what we're ready for. I think that Project Home embodies like kind of the millennial entrepreneur, you know, artistic entrepreneur 
um, journey and like kind of what those different products look like. You know, um, we actually mentioned you guys in season one, like one of our first episodes and just talking about screen dance and dance film in general and saying like, and this was before home screen and homework because this was like over a year ago. And we were just saying how like through Project Home and your social and just like the website and, you know, all the different channels that you had going at the time, you just have this great level of like, depth and purpose with like the why of the work that I think really keeps people engaged and keeps people invested in wanting to participate. But you also just have really great production value and like top notch execution. So I'm wondering, I'm a believer in that people can take, and it seems that you are too, is that people can take like an independent alternative educational journey. It doesn't have to be, oh, I got my masters in this in in screen dance or my certificate in this like it's really good to to get education wherever you can find it but there's so many opportunities out there just on the internet to learn from other people in real world world experience um what have been some great learning opportunities for you as you've been developing as artists and business people googling stuff all the time (laughs) (laughs) i love that (laughs) this the secret to success is Googling is YouTube, stuff all yeah. of the time. Seriously, though. The, I, I think like we launched this platform and the amount of things, and even before that, just like video editing. Oh, there's just so much information out there to learn. It's just like, I don't know if I could pick like one thing. And it's free, too. A lot of it is free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I think having you know having done the the college having the collegiate experience i went to business school and i i had like got a dance or like a minor in dance i think like after leaving school um and and kind of going on my own journey whether that was through dance or through other entrepreneurial adventures i think man i don't i don't ever discourage people to not go to school I'm always like, yeah, do it. But I also think it's just as important to say, yeah, do it to to anyone in whatever whatever path they're taking. I think like you're right, you know, so much can be learned outside of the outside of the bounds of what we think we have to the way we have to go. I think Chris is a great example of that. I think Chris is like so successful and he didn't he didn't go to business school or or get a minor in dance and i think like it speaks volumes to like to what you can do and 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 what like just self self what's the word self hashtag growth mindset yeah you know (laughs) just like being like i'm just gonna go do this thing and i'm gonna be passionate about it and i'm gonna love it and i'm gonna do it as much as i can and uh and heck yeah. And you know, if you if you do the other route and you go the collegiate route, then heck yeah, that's okay too. Well, it's great that your collaboration involves both sides of that too, because then you really do have the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we have a, so many conversations every day about what's the, the best way to move forward um, for like how we feel about the business, for the sustainability of the business, for what we want to be doing as artists. Um, so I think... One thing that I really value is just the constant conversation Um, and just it allows you to check in with why you're doing what you're doing and how it's feeling at any time. So I think 
we've gotten as far as we have by just having open, honest conversations and then also just reaching out, not being afraid to reach out to yeah. people and be like, help, how, how, how do you do how this? How did you do that? <laughs> What's that? How? <laughs> I think another thing is like the team. Like we've been so lucky. Um, not only like when we, when we did the tour of the film and we did the, the finale of the film in Singapore, we were surrounded by our peers, our mentors, and like our, some of our best friends, our best friends, they're my best, they're our best friends. And we got, and I think like surrounding our, ourselves with those people has been, oh my gosh, invaluable. And also the Project Home core, like managerial team, these, they smash it. They're so good at what they do and they're better than us at what they do. And uh, like, like home screen wouldn't have happened without the Project Home team, without Marta and Maya and Jazz and Christine and Chris and Eamon and oh my gosh, all of them. I remember tuning in and loving the like, I don't want to call it hostage video, but like loving the like lone laptop, like sitting <laughs> in a chair or wherever it was. I just thought like, of course they would do something like that. You know, COVID was a time where we saw so many people adapting their festival or their live performance or their any kind of experience that they had hoped to do in person um, with or without technology, trying to make it exist in this new form. And I just, you know, you're so right. That team knocked it out of the park when it came to that festival and just making it engaging and sectioning off the, um, you know, the screenings. So it was realistic. It wasn't like these films are available for two hours and, you know, it's a hour and a half film, so you have to watch it that time. Not that many people did that, but there were just so many good, like, practical and artistic choices um, that went into that that really made it cohesive. Um, I did have a request from Hannah, because Frameform is a collaboration as well between Claire Schweitzer, Hannah Weber, and myself. Hannah really wanted me to ask you, because um, she's an editor and she loves, like, aesthetics and talking about those technical things. Um, it seems that we, that Project Home really likes this grainy look and uh, I don't know if you sometimes shoot on an actual analog camera or if it's all like plugins and filters and you're like nah um, if there's you know just how you landed on that aesthetic and like kind of the why behind it or you know if it's just I'm sure that there was like some deep conversation you had that you're like yeah this is the direction we're going and everything's gonna look this way like this. and it people are gonna know within two seconds that it's us <laughs> Mm. Feel like well before we before you answer that question, I almost forgot to shout out Kat and Jason, another two members of our team who are unreal with what they do. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Chris, go for it. I was gonna say, Chris, answer the grainy film question. Most of the things we just like try a bunch of stuff, and we're like, "Do you like that?" And honestly, <laughs> the amount of like fine tuning everything takes is ridiculous it's ridiculous and anything we do i'm also a bit of a stickler i'm gonna say are you two perfectionists uh i think i think i'm definitely more the perfectionist. i'm definitely like here. this works I, I and i'll be like actually any of those options work they all they're all okay <laughs> and, and then i'll spend like 20 more hours on it Larkin's like, actually, these six tweaks that I'm making look a little better to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, it, it is a good question, though. Like, how did we land on that? Um, ah, that's a- I mean, both both Chris and myself grew up in, in Colorado. And I think, like, 
we were surrounded by nature all the time, surrounded by lots of big spaces and places and big clouds and lots of them. And that, that like bigness, uh, I think is something we've always wanted to show. Even if that bigness means making our titles small because then it seems like a bigger space. I know that might be really minute and ridiculous, but I, th I think I tr attribute it to that mostly. Um, just having, having that be such a big part of, of my upbringing and yeah, I don't know. And I think like we're pretty simple for the most part. And we, I don't know, right? We're pretty simple dudes. Yeah. I also think like we don't, we never have huge budgets to make things happen other than our film. That's the biggest budget we've ever had. So those like details like grains help make iPhone footage look a little bit cooler. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's so yeah. true. I think the power is in the details. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the yeah. it's the details, but also the simplicity. And I think those are, you know, Project Home kind of embodies those two polarities where it's like, you know, that level of detail, but also that level of simplicity. Yeah, I think we've, we've bootstrapped everything. Uh, like everything we've done with Project Home has been bootstrapped. Everything. Um, and I think like, obviously we have like aspirations to, you know, make a feature length film and do big work. And I think like we've, we've had to just make those, make those things happen. And because we've had to be like, okay, um, we want to make a film, uh, not, neither of us have a trust fund. So, um, how the heck, like let's make it happen. And then like, it's not perfect. So let's roll with that. Let's like, let's work with that and, and make that imperfectness as, as, as project home as it can be, you know? Um, yeah. Like even the, the whole homework, uh, program is all shot, you know, on like on iPhones and like just in an attempt to like be frugal and efficient and also because it's like all we had. <laughs> well, and it's funny because we're saying, oh, it's shot on iPhone, but it's like you mean in like 4K and 1080p. <laughs> like <laughs> right. I just did like recital productions and, and one of the kids was like, uh, why are you shooting on an iPhone? I was like, actually, <laughs> actually, you. if you're asking, right? True. But it's so true, like being resourceful and making do with what we have. And sometimes, mm. and certainly, apparently every time Project Home has put something out, it has not just been enough, it has been awesome. And you've shown that you can really make something happen um, if you just put in the, the level of thought and energy and execution. And mm. I love how we got to kind of see behind the scenes today and learn about your collaboration and your team and those hiccups along the way because it is really easy just to see the highlights and and the end results and it's very valuable to learn that we're at the end of the day we're all human and we all run into challenges and you know yeah. for for you maybe it's losing that little piece of the drone in the cave <laughs> you know for someone else it could be some other mildly traumatic <laughs> glitch on set um the last question i want to ask you is what's on the horizon for project home what's next i mean you've had such great um, initiatives during COVID that have adapted really well to life during the pandemic, but is there perhaps some live 
events or things happening on the horizon that we could get excited about and put on the calendar? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. So we are going to do, or are planning to, I'm going to just put this, I'm going to say this, so we have to do it. Um, Just go for it. Oh my gosh. So we're going to do home screen again, but we're going to make it a hybrid show that is uh, in person and online. Um, (laughs) We're going to continue to release some online courses on all sorts of things um, through homework. Um, We'll both be in San Francisco um, starting in September, and we'll be working with a studio called City Dance. And uh, We should put you in touch with Claire. She's based there. And she works yeah. with San Francisco Dance Film Festival. And uh, I believe they're also really big fans of your work. So that's great that you'll be in an awesome dance film city. Let's go. Yeah, let's make this happen. <laughs> Come on, Claire. Let's go, Claire. Um, yeah, so we'll be, we'll be in uh, San Francisco. And Project Home has never been in one place. We've never had a home or a space that is our home. So, um, man, there's so many, so many things that we will be doing in that space. Yeah, And I was actually just in the San Jose, San Francisco area and we went down to like Big Sur and I, I tell you like try and find a place on earth more beautiful than Big Sur and like I've seen your film, I've seen Iceland, it was nice but like it was really nice, it was really nice but like while you're there please go down to Big Sur, it is like being on another planet Definitely, except will. it's like earth, just like heaven on earth right. it's amazing. <laughs> I think uh, like one thing we will we always try to do and and will will continue to keep doing is is keeping community at the forefront of of all the things we do whether it's production or events or education I think like making sure that you know we we keep that those people at at the forefront of our minds is is so important and uh yeah and also just like staying true to just like talking about values of, of you know of us and the company, we've had like a lot of conversations recently about who we are and who we want to be, and I think like making sure we stay true to those things. Um, I think like as you get older, as Chris just had a baby, a beautiful baby boy named Teo. Yay! Congrats! And you know, as as these these life things uh, come at us, like it's easy to make sacrifices to you know to the business or for for the business um in you know in hopes to make more money or or do things more efficiently or whatever and i think like staying true to those values and staying true to to what we have always made and hope to keep making is 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 going to be really important moving forward well you have three forever fans in the frame form trio Let's go. and yes. we're just so happy that we got to have you on the show and share more about the awesome stuff that you've been doing for years and will no doubt continue to do so thank you so much for taking the time today to share and meet with us thank you for having us thank you did that conversation put you in a creative mood if so here's something you might want to check out Submissions for the third edition of the Cinedanza Festival in Modena, Italy, close on August 23rd. Cinedanza is looking for short screen dance films produced in the last two years. And cash prizes, yes, cash prizes, will be awarded to the jury winners. Details about this opportunity can be found in the show notes. Thank you so much to Larkin, Chris, 
and Jen for this delightful conversation. Be sure to check out Project Home for their many, many offerings, including classes, screenings, and other wonderful community building initiatives. Details on how to find these can be found in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at frameformpodcast at gmail.com and engage with us on social at frameformpod. That's frameform, P-O-D. If you like what you're hearing, leave a review and rate the show. It really helps out. And if you know someone who also likes dance or film, join the conversation and bring your friends. Frameform is a production of Rixie. Hosted by Hannah Weber, Jen Ray, and Claire Schweitzer. Edited by the Frameform team. Mix and theme song by myself, Mason Carlton. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.